Hey guys, say that here, just popping in before this episode to let you know that the recording went a little bit haywire, particularly with Kalina's portion of it. So I apologize for not being able to edit this any better, but this is the best you guys are going to get. So just imagine that Kalina's underwater, having so much fun talking about this episode. Thanks. books my kids are squealing yep. <laughs> can you hear them right as we're about to start they always are like oh, oh she's gonna click that button what uh, it's just the broadcast let me squeal i'm a kid <laughs> oh man all right well it just comes with it it's what it is okay welcome to Sh- we're reading dirty books this is kalina and this is saylette we're so happy to be back with you today for another episode where we read a dirty paranormal romance novel and discuss it with you guys. Yes, we are going to do that today. And we're doing it to celebrate Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, so we yes. have an author here that we're going to highlight. And we can't wait to talk to you guys about it. But first, I'm going to give you a quickie. And that is... How would you describe? Oh. How would you describe the color puce? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's another question. I don't know. Like if you if without looking it up, uh-huh. and someone said, "Quick, hand me the puce crayon." Which color would you automatically reach for and I, give to them? I always thought it was kind of a dirty purple. Okay. Like a, Actually, that's a, a really dirty, good. like it's a dirty, like somebody dropped a burn on it. Yes. Okay. That's like the perfect description of juice, I think. I never, ever would have thought dirty purple. Now I like the color even more just because of that title. Dirty purple. And see, I thought it was more pink. Well, you would have fit in at the bride's yes. party, and I would I, not have. I, in the laundry, <laughs> would have been standing in the corner like, that's not fucking puce, you bitches. not puce. <laughs> yeah, when you look it up, it is absolutely a brownish purple. Mm-hmm. All right, well, cool. That, that was what I had for you. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so today, in honor... Of Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month, we found Marta Acosta, a Latina author, and her book, Happy Hour at Casa Dracula, mm-hmm. narrated by Patricia Fructuoso. Fructuoso. Yeah, Fructuoso. I'm going to start by just saying at the very beginning, I didn't make it very far with the, audi- <laughs> with the narration <laughs> and the audiobook. I put it down real fast and got the physical book, well, the ebook. Uh, do with that information as you will. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because I think we've had Fructuoso before. We've said that name. No, there's no way. No, no way? There's okay, because no it just seems so familiar. I mean, I'm going to double check, but there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, the name, since her voice doesn't, like her narration doesn't, that was, I think, new. But her name, for some reason, sound. But I stuck through the the narration. But that's because you guys all know I'm a terrible reader, and I just don't have the time to do it. So I let her read for me. So we're gonna have different views on this book. I think, I think probably because of how we consumed it. 
Absolutely. I think it definitely affects it. Um, because when I was still listening, I was not happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and once I stopped listening, I got a lot happier. I enjoyed the book a lot more. Nice. Um, nice. Just to confirm that we haven't had her before yet. She, I just looked her up on Audible and all the things she's narrated. And None she's really basically done that. this series. Oh, okay. And then a couple other individual books, but like two other authors, but nothing. There's only like... Nothing There's that like we've done. eight things she's done on Audible, so nothing we've done. Okay, cool. Just to confirm that. But yes, so Happy Hour at Casa Dracula, which we get because, like, come on, that title's awesome, and that sounds yeah, like that a really great fucking book. Cool. <laughs> so we yep. meet Milagro. Um, De Los Santos. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> I didn't write down her name. <laughs> <laughs> Milagro de los Santos. And I can't tell exactly. I'm guessing they live somewhere. I'm thinking California-ish. Me too. It's definitely not named because they keep calling it the city and the outside the city. <laughs> so yes. it's a little bit like hidden. But it feels very LA-ish. She is out of college, but she's never really put anything together in terms of your typical kind of career or job. She wants to be a writer. It isn't really working out for her. So she she kind of cobbles together some different positions. She works at a nursery um, garden center because she's really good with plants. Her father owned a landscaping company, so she, she knows that. Um, she kind of does literary consulting for rich ladies who need someone to tell her what tell them what to read <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, and make them sound smart when they have parties <laughs> i think that's my understanding i love that and so there's a there's a literary party one night and an ex-friend from college sebastian hyphenated waspy name uh, i don't know his last name but it doesn't matter beckett witherspoon <laughs> Beckett Witherspoon or something? It is Beckett or Beckman Witherspoon. Yes, something Um, like that. He's the author attending and she's kind of all nervous because they were really, really close in high school or in college and had a big falling out and they haven't spoken since and she doesn't feel, she's not sure how he's going to receive her. Yeah. So he's an ass, turns out. He Mm receives her very poorly, pretends he doesn't know her. (laughs) And she's like, bullshit, buddy, you know me. (laughs) Um, And then she also meets... Oswald, who she can't quite figure out. He says he's a literary agent, but he's obviously wearing like a centuries old suit. Yeah. And she's like, what's up with this dude? But they leave the she leaves a party with him because he's like, oh, you're a writer. I want to talk to you about your writing. And she's like, naturally, I'd love to talk about my writing with somebody who's proposing to be a literary cl- mm-hmm. agent. So they go to his hotel. They're going to stay in the cocktail bar. But the cocktail bar is full of a party, and so the maitre d' or whoever, concierge, whatever, is just like, well, we'll send the drinks up to your room, sir. It'll be no problem. So she goes up to a <laughs> hotel room with this dude after having just met him for, like, five minutes at a party. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the maitre d' said it'd be fine, so it's fine, right? <laughs> she gets, like, cool, fruity cocktail drinks, They're you know, talking and drinking, but he immediately starts giving her the third degree about Sebastian and not really about her work. And Mm. she's like, bullshit, you just want to hook up with Sebastian. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure your agent can call his agent or whatever. You know how to find him. And she goes to storm out. And then I don't exactly know how it happens, but they like kiss. It seemed kind of like... I don't think that he, I think she wanted to go storm out, but she, I think she jumped him. At least that's how I understood it. I think 
feel like it was both. I feel like okay. she stood up to storm out. He stood up to stop her. Okay. And they were really close. And instead of storming, they kissed. <laughs> they stormed in. in. And then they fell to the ground and were rolling around making out. At some point, their lips got cut. And she did notice it. But she, they kept kissing anyway. He kind of tried to pull away for a second. But he decided not to. And he kept kissing her too. And then Sebastian storms into their room. She sits up. She's like, oh, shit, what am I doing? And now she storms out. Now she leaves. <laughs> yes. Okay. You have to go into detail with that first bit because it really matters for the rest yes. of the book. Yeah. So she starts not feeling very good pretty much immediately. At first, she kind of thinks she may have been drugged. So she ends up with a friend who takes care of her for a little bit. And then she ends up back home. And now she thinks she might have gotten sick from mm-hmm. something that maybe Oswald has because uh, she's got like fever. She can't keep food down. She doesn't feel very good. Like all kinds of things. It's not COVID guys. Don't it's worry. It's not COVID. I think this book was written pre-COVID. So. <laughs> Just, oh wait. I mean, it was written pre-COVID, but came out in 2020 during COVID. So. Oh, that's Just, funny. just barely. <laughs> okay. Okay. And she's starting to experience some really weird shit. She can like, without her contacts she can hear the rats in the walls and she somehow managed to like catch and kill three of them which is a screwdriver she gets up one night and goes to the supermarket and buys hamburger meat because she's craving protein Uh and she doesn't even bloody doesn't even make it home fucking cracks that package open drinks that fucking blood and sucks on the hamburger meat Yep. And she's like, this is fine. <laughs> she totally <laughs> is cool. way less concerned about it than I would be. If I was behaving in that fashion, I'd be losing my shit. Oh, for sure. Like, Why am I eating raw hamburger? No. So- yeah, she handles it pretty good. <laughs> She starts to feel a little bit better. She's lost a ton of weight. It's been a couple of days. She goes through this for a while. She's broke. She's missed all of her working opportunities to make money and rent and do. So she's off to go see a friend or to try and figure something out. And she gets picked up by Sebastian. He explains to her that she's been infected. She's now a vampire. And he's part of a organization, Conservative Americans for the Conservation of America. Ha <laughs> And it is their sworn duty to hunt down all the blood-sucking vampires and destroy them. And he's going to take her back to their headquarters and they're going to experiment on her and she's never going to be free. And she's like, oh, that sucks. That's not cool Not cool, Sebastian. Not cool. So not cool. (laughs) I mean, you weren't cool before, but you're super not cool now. She gets saved by Gabriel, who she had met. She met at the party, too. He was a waiter at the party and obviously knew Oswald. And he helps her escape. He rams the car off the road. She shoots mm-hmm. one of the bodyguards in the... I'm thinking the dick, but... <laughs> it seemed like it. It they seemed am, a lot like she it. Was going yeah, for, they implied She it. was going for his knee, but the book <laughs> suggested she's shot somewhere higher. <laughs> so maybe his penis, we're not implied. sure. He, um, he survived, so it's fine. Don't worry about Peter, he's fine. Uh, <laughs> and they, uh, Gabriel takes her off to a uh, farm out in the country, and it's basically where Oswald lives, his cousin Sam, Gabriel's one of their cousins, mm-hmm. and their grandmother, Edna. And she's all like, oh, Sebastian said I was a vampire, what the fuck? And he's like, well, I mean, we're not vampires, but, you know, <laughs> we've got this blood condition whereby we, you know, are sensitive sort to the of. sun, we sort of live longer, <laughs> we drink blood, but not people blood. But we're know? not vampires. 
vampires. <laughs> exactly. We're not vampires. But don't worry, you kind of have vampire tendencies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, she's kind of forced to stay there. They're working on plans to take down Kafka, get rid of them, or make them at least ease up and not be so horrible where they're, like, kidnapping yeah. women off the street. Mm. She starts hanging around with, you know, she can't really go anywhere. They take her to the doctor to kind of investigate. They're really concerned because it has been apparently years, decades, centuries since somebody's been accidentally infected, and there's usually mm-hmm. a very high mortality rate. People die. And the fact yeah. that she's already lived as long, like, it's been so many days, and she's still alive, and she seems to be healing and doing well, they're really intrigued. They also are wondering if it'll help them research in, like, their own internal, yeah, so the, like, things. They're, exactly, yeah. What's going on with them. But they're also kind of pissed because Oswald shouldn't have infected her. Like, it shouldn't have happened. They should have been being more careful. Uh, turns out he's engaged to, also that. to the doctor <laughs> who, infected, who, who infected her, Dr. Winifred. And him are engaged. And he's kind of keeping his distance. She feels really betrayed. Like, Milagro feels super betrayed. She's like, I didn't fucking know. That's bullshit. You should have said yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And there's a super cool older snarky lady who's just yeah. like, young lady. I love her. What is your problem? They, you know, she kind of falls into a routine with the family. She's building a garden. She's learning about them and what her new life is like. Which she adapts to pretty quickly, too. Well, I mean, she loses her apartment. And, I mean, she has to because she's... Yeah, she didn't have all that much going on anyway. I'm sorry, but That's that true. wasn't much of a life to lose. Not till yeah, exactly. With all of the rats and stuff that she was yeah. living with at the dilapidated department or apartment, and so yeah, I guess I guess she's got the the shinier end of the coin. And there. she, I think she's probably pretty good at this because we've learned from the very early on. She refers to her mother as, as Mother Regina, and, and this woman sounds like a goddamn nightmare. Horrible. <laughs> oh my god. So she was never ever shown the, the milk of motherly kindness and so she didn't even really identify that as home because her mom just didn't want kids and was very upset she had a child and didn't want anything to do with her so i think that that's a lot of her coping mechanism is just making it easier to like identify like to re-tear up your life and start anew fresh somewhere new because she doesn't have any strong roots because her mom isn't there for her you know doesn't really care so we need some extra vampires ian and cornelia show up there other kind of like distant cousins or, or yeah, they're, they're, they're winifred's cousins so oh so they're not uh, related to oswald no who's... they're winifred's cousins so everybody because it's a it's a genetic condition so everyone is kind of related because the families can only really intermingle um with other people with this genetic condition and have for centuries because otherwise they expose others to it and people die so they only mm-hmm. really marry each other she kind of hits it off with ian he's a super hun- dark and swarthy you know lord of the manor type and yep. they have some dirty Pretty nasty sex and you know mm-hmm. move on because he's nearly like she likes it but it's not what she wants he ends up not being what she's looking for um she doesn't feel that spark that connection like she did with yeah. oswald she keeps trying it's physical it's for physical. her oh, he's hot and he wants to have yeah. dirty sex so you know she's not and the guy that she wants to be with she can't be with absolutely so. you have dirty sex with random people it's fine <laughs> 
Absolutely. <laughs> a bunch of stuff happens, like people get kidnapped and not kidnapped and exchanged for each other. And in the end, she basically helps bring down uh, not all of Kaka per se, but like it's an it's an ancient order of the Chalice or something that's existed as long as this family has existed. So they and they're always kind of in a battle with each other. But Sebastian had set up this kind of new plan where they were gonna he wanted to have this the government declare the vampires as not human and not mm-hmm. uh, citizens, so they could be held indefinitely and then use their blood to find ways to patent it medically and sell it for profit. Because mm-hmm. they do live longer and they don't get sick and they heal fast. So obviously those are things that medicine would really like yeah, to, exactly. <laughs> to know about Human. and would actually make quite a pretty profit for all the pharmaceutical companies if they could sell you a drug that's going to make yeah. you live longer and never get sick. Um, but he gets, he, he fails in the end and she shows his family who he truly is because he's never, he's not a good guy. He is not, even though he, he flips his attitude and kind of tricks the reader, I guess, in a sense, because there was that point where when he did kidnap her, he's like, I've missed you. I love you so much and tries to pull her back into him. And, you know, because she was super, super in love with him when they were together or infatuated or. She was in love. She, well, she was in college love. Yeah. <laughs> And he seems to be infatuated with her. He's denying, yes. you know, and it seems that they did spend one night together in high school or in college. And it was amazing and wonderful with everything she wanted. And then it seems that the next day, unbeknownst to her at the time, she found out later, that was the day that they initiated him into Kaka. Mm-hmm. And that is when he, he never spoke to her ever again. Because once yes. he was initiated, he had to follow all these rules. And they kind of had a plan for he was going to marry this Tessie. And he, Who he dressed up as. That's Milagro. Yeah, he makes her wear a black wig and corset and heels and shit. Because he's obsessed. He's obsessed with Milagro, but he won't admit it because he is prejudiced. He's a racist, prejudiced, Mm -hmm. piece of shit asshole. And at the end of the day, she's still, she's not, she's basically fought off the disease and isn't, she isn't infected anymore. So she isn't a quote unquote vampire. No, I can't quite figure it. it, I'm sure it'll come up because there's like four more, three or four more books in the series. But she can go, like at first, the early days, she did go out in the sun without sunblock on and mm-hmm. she burned and almost died. And towards the end of the book, she was tanning. And yeah, everyone was like, How did you get a tan? And she's like, I guess it doesn't affect me anymore. So she really, and she doesn't want blood anymore. She doesn't need to drink it. She kind of has moved on from that. So it's, I, I can't quite figure out if she's still going to have the nice benefits of prolonged life and, and fast healing, or if not, we, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. It doesn't get into that detail. The epilogue is mainly about her and Oswald. Well, they have, and and sort of like into yeah. So the familial relationships will like shake out, and it turns out Winifred's actually been in love with Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam and her have actually on the side been fucking, and she's pregnant, and. <laughs> And so Oswald's free to date Milagro, and she's excited, and Ian and Cornelia go back off to their jet-setting ways. And Sebastian is, yes. like, kicked to the curb by his own grandfather. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of world story building here. I, I don't know. I think there's not that much, really, compared to others. Maybe, maybe not world building. I think she's setting up 
the family lines and yes, the story, like I the relationships. I think we're getting a lot of the characters who are going to be important for future books. Yeah. But I do think, and we can just move out of Cliff's notes into just discussing the book in any yeah. way, you know, whatever parts of it that we want to discuss and stuff. But this is one of the most unique characters we've had. We've never had a main character where it, pretty early on we understand who the love connection is supposed to be, Milagro yeah. and Oswald, and then it goes so sideways for so long. Yeah. They're not together for much of this book and it's a lot about her figuring out who she is like she has this internal war because she is Hispanic Mm -hmm. and she goes to a very wealthy very fancy Ivy League school with a bunch of rich white assholes and she wants to pretend she wants to be taken seriously and she tries to kind of mimic their life and their style and figure out and that's a lot of what her relationship with Sebastian is in college is him telling her what she's doing wrong and how she can do better and like Mm -hmm. teaching her the white ways of things (laughs) you know and she does okay like she she follows along but she always like lets something slip and she's a little bit too sassy and a little bit too funky and she's snarky and awkward at times and (laughs) who doesn't love leopard print and hot fuchsia leggings (laughs) and i mean stuff that isn't seen in this traditional like waspy world as Mm -hmm. cultured so she's always being looked down upon by the people who she's trying to impress and that's part of what she thinks is happening with her writing too because she is doing fiction but she's using like uh, horror movie monsters to tell some pretty important narrative stories about like the oppressed like if she's dealing with a mining company that's oppressing the native population they're zombies so that you can really get the feeling for how they're being subjugated by the corporations and capitalism and stuff like that in her stories but nobody seems they're just like oh it's just about zombies they don't understand it yeah Yeah. they keep rejecting it and so she she's fighting an internal battle herself because she just is like i want to be seen as a serious woman i don't and she thinks that all of her boys she references her boyfriends or her dating life as she dates book beach reads but she really wants to pick up the really serious you know like literary novel and have that be who Mm -hmm. she ends up dating and she's like why do i never go for them why do i always go for the beach reads and stuff like that so a lot of the book is about that and it's she ends up at this ranch with people who at least in the beginning are fairly outright rude to her they are she went on a very precarious situation like why she had to be there because of oswald exactly and instead of like being upset with him and how it happened and wanting to make it right there's a lot of accusation about like what did she do to lure him into this situation and why wasn't she more careful and why would she kiss somebody who she didn't know and all this shit and i'm like bitch you all blaming the woman you are victim blaming right now this woman (laughs) does not she has a disease after a kiss yeah. and you're saying that she should have known better like fuck you right um, from, from a guy that shouldn't have invited her up to his no. hotel room shared a kiss or or anything regardless of the attraction that you have with the the point is, is that he's engaged exactly he doesn't want to be he does not he is so 
part of the reason that he and Winif- that Oswald and Winifred are engaged is because they have very low fertility rates, and they're worried that with each increasing generation, they're having a harder time conceiving. So they, uh, you know, both of them are doctors, and I think uh, some of their other family members are doctors. So they basically match up family members with mm-hmm. the highest probability of being successful fertility-wise. Because yes. if they really want to have kids, that's the best way to have it, you know, for it to happen for them. So her and Oswald are the best chance for children. So that's why they're engaged. Not because they love each other, because it's right. pretty obvious they don't. Because <laughs> they have to increase their population. Yeah, and... they want, you know, they want children. Yeah. Not just because of population life, but they didn't want children. And mm. so you got to marry someone who you have a better chance of having children with, if you're in this kind of uh, genetic anomaly world. And so instead of letting Oswald out of the relationship, because he does come to Winifred afterwards and is like, hey, yeah. you shouldn't get married. I am Let's not do this. super attractive. <laughs> like I couldn't stop myself, and that says and something. you reject me. Oh, also she refuses to sleep with him. So yeah. Brittany refuses to sleep with Oswald. So obviously she doesn't want <laughs> to be with him. She doesn't either. want it either. Yeah, but, <laughs> but she's fighting this battle against. Yeah, and I mean they've already started the wedding planning, so she's yes. like, no, we have to go through with it. Meanwhile, she starts fucking Sam, and I am super disappointed <laughs> that because throughout the book we don't know that. I mean, we yeah. know that they're, know they're in into love, each other. Like that that's ke- yeah. that chemistry is coming through every time they're around. You're like, those two are totally in love. But we don't know they're having sex. And every time she finds Oswald and Malagra together, Winifred's all mean and cold to her like she doesn't trust them. I get it. They are untrustworthy. They end up fucking in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and they've shared a kiss and he's already expressed how he feels about her. Exactly. But you, but she's the one that's actively being unfaithful and she's all throwing all this shade at Malagra and I'm like, no. That's a double standard, lady. You don't get to be like that. Mm-mm. So it's a little bit frustrating in that sense of the word. Especially because like... she just won't let him go, let it go, whatever this, you know, I mean, I understand the fertility thing, but it, well, uh, it was upsetting to find out when she was pregnant with Sam's baby. Yeah, she's pregnant with Sam's baby. That's how they, Milagro and Oswald are having sex by the pool. He basically got drunk and was like, please, she won't, you know, I don't love her. She doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be married to a woman who doesn't love me. Let me have one last night with somebody who actually is attracted to me i mean it was like a good line when you're drunk i guess but (laughs) yeah and so they're they're doing it and the other two people who are really attracted to each other exactly and then sam and her sam and winifred come out and they're like i just came she's like i just came to tell you i'm pregnant and then Milagro runs away because she's upset. She does. Yeah, and she runs away before she finds she out. She doesn't know. Yeah, she thinks yeah. that just her saying that means it is Oswald. Oswald. And he yeah. lied about never having slept mm-hmm. with Winifred yet. And it's a whole mess. It's interesting, but I think I really enjoyed this book because of how different our main characters were, especially our main female character. I think she is not like anything we've had before. Mm-hmm. Like she has a whole sexual liaison with a different person that yeah. is not the main the main male character. We've never seen that before. No, and he satisfies her physically, and even though she's uncomfortable around him sometimes because his advances on her was so like he's very overt. <laughs> he's very sexual he's confident. and he Ian and Cornelia have no problem being called vampires and they really lean into the vampire mystique and I think we're going to find out in a future book that he is he's some kind of important person powerful powerful, because they keep 
they keep kind of calling him like you don't understand how important he is and he can give you anything you, you know you want yeah, but nobody it, just tells her they called him well somebody called him a lord and that okay and then a different vampire's like oh you know it's just a phrase of speech and i'm like no yeah, it's yeah. not <laughs> he's like he's <laughs> like your president or something, or something right yeah <laughs> Or he's like your kin, right? Something like that. Yeah, something. We don't know yet. Yeah. But anyway, he's super attractive and he wants her. So why not? She's not feeling, she just can't find herself. She's just so old. Throughout this whole book that, I mean, like that's this whole journey is her trying to figure out where it is that she belongs or where she wants to belong. And Well, she's you know, trying these... to fit in with stuff that she shouldn't try to fit in. She yeah. has to be herself. She's so much more interesting and lively. And that's the thing. You know, she's always talking about how people, especially men are always attracted to her and she thinks it's just because she has big boobs and a butt and that definitely doesn't hurt right yeah but part of it is the liveliness of her spirit and her spark is really intense and it's attractive but she keeps Mm -hmm. trying to hide it behind this like serious attitude and it's like you've got to get away from that and just let yourself be yourself and yeah people will take you seriously as your authentic self instead of trying to be a fake person yeah and i think that's the fear is it's like sometimes you wonder and you have hesitations about being a specific way. So then people are like, or or not people, but you, you're worried about what other people would think because you're trying to find where you belong and trying to find where you fit. So it's just, it's not fair to yourself that you would have to change your personality no. to sort of, yeah, exactly. to fit into these, these circles or, of people. Like her friend Nancy from, from college is, I, I do like not Nancy. understand at all why she would still want to be friends with her. Nancy sucked hard. She, I didn't like her at all. No. So she's the one who's having a bridal shower or a tea for her bridesmaids. But then yeah. she tells Milagro it's Q's theme, show up in Q's. <laughs> And she shows up for this, she calls it a bridal party tea, and it's a fucking, like, 90-person free-for-all party, like... And they're yeah. all in pink, which is not puce. <laughs> See, I was thinking dirty pink. Okay. <laughs> it didn't sound like any of them were wearing dirty pink. They sound no, like they were in seemed... bubble fucking gum pink. Yes, that's what it seemed like. And it just wasn't what, like, I don't know. I hated Nancy so fucking much. I was so I over that bitch. I hated her more in the salon. The salon and, like, the that dumpling. That pissed me off. Palace, yes. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't. I was like, really? At fr- I didn't know that this book was written only a couple years ago. Because of that scene, I thought maybe it was written a little bit further back. But I was like, oh, okay. But I think it's a good... It describes Nancy to a of, And not just Nancy, but a certain population of wealthy white oh. people who are delusional okay. and don't know how they come up or, you know, don't treat everyone equally. Like, yeah, she shows up at a Vietnamese nail salon and is super rude to the people... Mm-hmm. You know, and, and she's like these people, and yeah. Like, the attitude, she, like she actually said that, and I, I wanted that to be a moment where Milagro was just like, "All right, hold on, Nancy, like l- let's just back up here." But she totally ignored it and let it happen, and so I was like, "Okay, not the coolest. No, let's just move on." But she's not gonna fix. I think by now, I think she's starting to realize by the end that she's not gonna fix Nancy, and so she needs to back away and just be like, "Yeah, you're gonna be this." I mean, obviously, the whole narrative of living off of your trust funds and she quit her job so she could focus on her wedding planning and they're buying a house on four acres but it's only like a three bedroom two bath house and they wanted a mansion so they're going to tear down this old growth forest 
to build this giant mansion. And I'm just like, I hate everything that's happening. And I want this woman to not succeed. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I can't stand the shallowness of that. I do like the fact that because Malako basically got Daka, dis- or not Daka, uh, Kaka, Kaka disbanded. Mm-hmm. Nancy's fiance had just been inducted into the group, and so now he will not get the benefits. So I'm like, fuck you and fuck Todd. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, take that, Todd and Nancy. Now you can't have it. <laughs> By the end of the book, though, Malaga was like, well, I've been missing Nancy, so I'll probably try to be friends with her again. I was like, there's nothing she brings to this friendship. Yeah. I didn't see any I, benefit to her. I didn't either. Her other friend, Mercedes? Yeah. Cool. Mercedes, like, gave she her money sense. and, like, uh-huh. supported her, let her slept on yep. the couch while she was recovering. Like, mm-hmm. all kind, like was a fucking supportive bitch. Money and yeah. I she was there for that, her. Yep. Nancy has a yeah. fucking trust fund. Give your fucking girl some money while she's almost homeless, you know? <laughs> Right, exactly. Thank you. I'm so tired yeah. of those ladies. Oh, yeah, I didn't see the purpose of her character either. Except just but... to highlight, I think, some of the struggles that Milagro had because mm. of trying to fit yes. into different worlds. Yeah, going to a really good school and then being around people. But always there being the token, yeah, being yes, like the token exactly. friend, mm-hmm. you know. And even at one point, Nancy says something like, you're so ethnic sometimes. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, like, you like, right. you don't I mean, have to be so that. ethnic all the time and it's like i'm sorry what the fuck did you just say also like what what yeah i couldn't no i couldn't handle that character at all and then yeah sebastian was being such a fucking hypocrite because he can't be in love with milagro because she's not the right kind for the whole group that he's in so he wants to keep her as his sex mistress and put her up in a hotel and or you know a penthouse and she has to be available to him whenever he wants and she's not allowed to go out and all this and i'm like what do you think you are buddy you're not a kennedy i don't fucking think so (laughs) it's so it's it's actually kind of cool how marta kind of pinpoints these type of like you know these are real life situations that happens in you know relationships where there's like a predatory person and someone that's a little bit more vulnerable and they are the secret and they can pay for their expenses and stuff and be their mistress on the side and it's not okay, but it's deemed like it's okay. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that she puts in these real life. Because even, like, Milagro goes through real life emotions. And she also struggles with her own identity because of her mother. So, like, yes. she oh. once, you know, she had, a, she, she talks about her abuela, who helped raise her for a long time because her mom was so absent. And there she got, you know, the cuisine and the culture and the... Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that normally you get handed down through your family that she was missing from her own mother because apparently her mom subsists on black coffee, diet seven up, and rice cakes. <laughs> you know, that's, yes. Oh my God, to a T. That's exactly what she You know, did. that's yeah. not a culture. That's disgusting. Um, that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, she like embraces, she wants to embrace who she is, you know, her ethnicity, her, uh, her curves, her, her attitude, her, like all of the things that are her. But she also doesn't feel as strong in them because she doesn't have as much family grounding. And so mm-hmm. she, but she also wants to be taken seriously by this white world and the, the publishing world she's trying to enter. Yeah. And so she just keeps trying to change to be somebody or to kind of dampen down herself so that she fits in better. But by the end, she's, you know, she's 
wearing her leopard print shoes and, and yeah. has her hair done up. And she's just like, this is who I am. And it makes mm-hmm. me more comfortable. And people embrace it. They like it. Yep. She gets, like She's so much more confident when she came up with the scheme to infiltrate Kaka and bring mm-hmm. them down. And it was a crazy scheme and it required <laughs> super overt sexuality and she yeah. did it and she was pretty awesome at it. Yeah. In the end, if that is where it leads her to find herself and be in a really good relationship with Oswald, because they do end up together, then it's beautiful. Then it, it, it ends great. So I guess we can sort of get into our kiss and tell when we're talking about sort of like, like I, this whole book is almost themed around her self-discovery and, you know, exactly. finding herself and stuff. So for this episode's kiss and tell, we were thinking of maybe talking about how we feel if we're not taken as seriously as we would like to be in our normal lives. Like, do we have any personality traits that may interfere with how we're perceived when, I don't know, like, <laughs> at a job interview when people first meet us or just at a, mm-hmm. you know just anything or even with your own family mm-hmm. what do you think i kind of have like the flip kind of reverse thing <laughs> i think i'm perceived to be incredibly serious like probably more serious than i actually am in reality um, I definitely never had, I don't struggle the way that Milagro does. I think I come, I'm very careful and cautious with my word choice and the way I present myself, especially in a professional setting. And I yes. think it comes across exactly as you would expect it to. And yeah. <laughs> and it's only later once people get to know me that they're like, you're weird. And I'm like, I know, I'm super weird. <laughs> I can 100% attest to that because a couple of people who have have, that I know that don't know you and have listened to our podcast, they're like, wow, Kalina's actually like really funny. I'm like, she is really funny. (laughs) Like, she's smart, of course, and professional when she has to be, especially like, or like needs to be, especially when we're having interviews and stuff with professional authors. I'm just, I'm me 100% all the time. So I just sound like I'm just squirrel, squirrel, squirrel (laughs) is how I am. But yeah, exactly. You do, you are perceived as very serious because you're also like so intelligent. But when your true colors come out and you relax a little, (laughs) then you can have fun on a podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't feel like, yeah, I don't feel held back by it or, you know, it doesn't negatively affect me because I kind of have that exterior perception of of over seriousness and over caution. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then deep down, I'm really a silly person who's pretty, pretty damn funny. <laughs> I think so. And I I am the opposite. I think I relate a lot more to Milagro in that sense, but I think I have foot in mouth syndrome more often than I want because I'm not usually careful with what I say. It depends if I'm writing it or typing it out, then I carefully, you know, like mm-hmm. I scrutinize my own work. So I want to make sure that my communication makes sense and that I'm seeing it correctly and things. But sometimes when I'm just having a conversation, I'm just like, did I really? When I go back and edit some of these episodes, I'm like, why? How does Kalina speak to me? <laughs> How do we hold a conversation together? Because what you just said doesn't make any sense. But you're so good at meandering around my like nonsense or pulling me back into the conversation and be like, oh, yeah, that is exactly what we're talking about. So I do, I do come off as, and you know what, and I also depends on the group of people we're around. Mm -hmm. I think I'm perceived differently to my nieces and nephews than I am to Dan's family or to my parents. Definitely different to like the PTO at my boy's.
always school and stuff. So I think it all depends. And at work, I'm really reliable and all of that stuff too. But there are times where I'm just like ditzy and I forget a lot. I forget all the time. And it's something that's been increasing a lot since, you know, for the past couple of years. I like to attribute that to age, but I have no idea what it is. It's just what, you know, it's just a part of growing, right? Maybe you should take but, some um, ginkgo biloba. Does that help me your memory? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I also think that it might be a little bit of a protection thing. And it, and I wonder if Malagro kind of feels this way too, where it's like, it's easier to act dumb or like you don't really know something than to pretend like you do know something when it's, and then be wrong about it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So like, you don't have that problem because you're smart and you know things. Whereas I pretend to know things, but I shouldn't talk about the things that I know because it, it could be wrong. And mm-hmm. so then I would say, or it's like, or offensive or something. Mm-hmm. Which is something I'm actually really good about doing, but I don't do it on I don't mean to be malicious about it. No, it just no, happens. No. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, it depends on the the situation and the group and the people and, and things. Like a lot of people when they first meet me, they're like they ask me where I'm from. Eventually I get to where my family is from. They always ask me the wrong questions. <laughs> so I always tell them Denver and they're like, No, that's not what I mean. I'm like, Well then ask the right question. But anyway. What's your preferred version of that question then? Is it what's your heritage? Yeah. yeah. What's your nationality? Well, I mean your nationality is American. Well, I guess that's true because I was born here. Yeah. My ethnicity, yeah. I suppose. I think heritage is a nice is a heritage like very is a open way of putting it because you can interpret because then it's interpretive if you want to say yes. very specifically Cambodian or if you want to be more mm-hmm. like oh I've got a bunch of different you know I think I think that's the best way yeah whenever people are just like where are you from like Denver absolutely <laughs> Denver don't, that's a Wait. dumb way to phrase that don't ask what you want to know yeah. <laughs> But then when they do ask the right questions, a lot oftentimes I still get that, oh, you're Cambodian. Have have you ever been back? And at this, like now I have been to Cambodia mm-hmm. at least once. So I say, yeah, I visited for the first time, blah, blah, blah. But before then, I'm like, I've never been. So you can't just assume that I came from Cambodia. I am an American. Mm-hmm. I was born here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's and it's all perceived very differently. When, when I used to do customer service and collections and stuff, I would speak to people and they're like, your English is so good. I'm like, yeah, it should be. I was born and raised here. Like, yeah. how what, how else should it be? Just because I have a foreign name, you know? I don't know. I think it all just depends on the situation of how I'm perceived and, and things. But Yeah, well, I mean, and there's a whole bunch of assholes out there. And yes. some people are assholes, they're just ignorant. Yes. They don't do it intentionally, they just are dumb. Well, and it's bred into our society, right? This yes. Is how we are, yes. We, this is how we're learning, and this is how we continue to teach our people and our citizens. And it, Well, and that <laughs> fits along with our fun fuck fact for the episode yes. very well. So, as we mentioned, we did, in particular I want to find Hispanic or Latina authors for this month to highlight their uh, romance novels because it is uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. So you may have heard me refer to it as Latino, Hispanic, Latinx, and I can't quite figure it out because it's actually not a settled thing. That's part of mm-hmm. uh, part of what everyone's still kind of learning and coming to terms with. Um, so we have an article from NPR.org, and it's from September of 2021, and it's, yes, we're calling it Hispanic Heritage Month, and we know it makes some of you cringe. The, art, uh, the article's by Vanessa Romo, and um, we'll just put it up for everyone. It really goes into the history of this Heritage Month for Hispanic Heritage Month and how it came about. It started as a week under uh, Lyndon Johnson, and then it was expanded to 
I don't know, 30 days. So it runs through September 15th through October 15th. But then also some of the uh, language around identifying as Hispanic or Latino, Latinx, and why and how different people, different groups feel about these these identifiers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how some of that narrative has happened into trying to decide, like, to, which words to use on a grand scale versus when you're talking one-on-one with someone, what are their choice for identification is. So I just thought it was a really ha- helpful article. It doesn't actually... <laughs> come down with like, this is the one right answer and everything else, you know, because it really isn't that clear. It's a difficult, you know, kind of like open conversation to be having where people in that group are figuring out what their preferences are. And some prefer Hispanic and some prefer Mm -hmm. Latino or Latina, Latinx. Some prefer Chicano, Chicana. Like it really depends. Or some just want to like, I'm just Mexican American or, or, Mm -hmm. or uh, Cuban American or, you know, Puerto Rican American. Everybody's going to have an opinion and their personal groups to identify as. So, so I thought that article would be helpful because there's not one settled way, whether it should be Hispanic Heritage Month or Latinx Heritage Month. But we're we're hoping to help, you know, we just want to highlight authors in that group and share their work with you guys. Yeah, definitely. And it may be important to have those conversations with, you know, your friends or anybody that you just become acquainted with to see how it is they want if that conversation goes that way. Obviously, don't say, so how do you identify now? Tell me so that I can say this correctly. Don't, you know, (laughs) it doesn't, that doesn't need to come up right away. But if it does, then however they identify and tell you how they want to be seen is, is what is what they are so you yeah. can't stipulate you're hispanic maybe not that's not maybe what they not. want to be called then. they don't want to be yeah right so cool well awesome there was no sex in this i mean there was sex there was a lot of sex but we didn't get any descriptive sex descriptive sex no right. um we had kinky sex with ian mm-hmm. but it was just vague like and he touched me and i felt good <laughs> you know like <laughs> no, <it> was- <laughs> And and she described it to uh, Oswald about it being intensely great. Yeah. So um, not a ton, though. But still, she's very sexual and sensual. And I think that was fun. Yeah. So many of our heroines, not lately, but at the beginning of the podcast, were very virginal and, yeah. <laughs> you know, new to the whole experience. And you're like, I'm tired of that. So it's fun <laughs> to have a very, like, you know, sexual woman who's just... Mm-hmm. Sometimes she would try to hide it, but a lot of the time she's just like, I like my boobs and my butt. <laughs> yeah. And she embraces her sexuality, which is something we all should yeah. be able to do. So I think well, we cool. should yeah. embrace it again. I think so. In the end, they all swan on and Milagro together. And that's great. Yeah. So, so because we don't get... Well, I don't know. How do you want to do this one? This one is different, like you said, even in the rating part of it. I still think we should rate the sex. It's not, you know, like we said, it's not as detailed or steep, but it's not, like, it, it, it's in between the sweet romance that is Bernadette, where it's just, like, maybe a kiss and then a closed door situation. Because we still yeah. did, like, she went over to Ian's house and there was, or apartment, or hotel, and had sex with him. And we knew that happened and it was discussed. It yeah. just was vaguely discussed sex yes. there's no descriptive words about genitalia or you know mm-hmm. positions or not giving you exactly an idea of the situation but you know he is cutting her and drinking her blood the whole time so it is yes. <laughs> so you have that and your imagination to that so i think yeah. we should rate them both because they are it is there okay. and we should rate it and just how we thought about it okay 
So sex and then book. Yep. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. One, two, three. Five. Seven. <laughs> ah, that's great. That's fucking awesome. And Seven. six. <laughs> okay. I like that you said, let's go ahead and rate the sex anyway. And the main reason I gave this one a seven was because she wasn't tied down to a specific person that she had to have sex with. Like it wasn't a faded mate situation. No. She had a desire to sleep with somebody and she did. I did like you know? that. I did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I just am still going to go. I want more descriptions. <laughs> For sure. I want that 100%. I always want the description. I want that there. But, you know, I have a pretty good imagination, too, so I think that that's good. But I, I think I'm going to give props for that, for having – because we. she even talks about the sex that she had with Sebastian. And then, in, you know, she has sex with Oswald, all you know, towards the end and stuff. So, yeah, it's just a different – a different thing and that we've had. I thought the sex with Oswald was described pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, not descriptively described, but <laughs> yeah, the, the vague motions of sex were described. The, the kissing and like the hands were touching and yeah, bodies were moving. Bodies were moving. Yes. We did get that bodies movement. Body movement happened, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, nice. I I like this book. I thought it, and I knew I was going to like it. The title was fucking great. I was super disappointed when I started listening to it. I don't want to like slam Patricia or anything, Patricia Futuroso. I just think, I'm not sure what it was. I tried a lot of things. I tried speeding the book up. I tried slowing the book down. I tried, yeah. you know, listening mm-hmm. to it in like four or five different speeds to see if what was happening. Because what was happening, like, she would read the sentences and the paragraphs just became very run on. There wasn't a lot of definition between them. So I couldn't, it was super hard to figure out what was happening because I was like, wait, who's talking now? What's happening now? <laughs> I, huh? What? And I had to stop and it just, and no jokes were landing. It wasn't coming across as funny at all. Yeah, that was part of my thing too. I couldn't decide if it was her or if it was the first person narrative, which I wasn't in love with. And when I went to actually read the book, the ebook, things got a lot better. I still think I'm not the biggest fan of this version of first person narrative. It's not my favorite. Okay. But it was definitely better when I could read it, put the emphasis where I could tell it needed to go, read in the jokes, the humor just was not getting that from the narration so once i gave that up i really did enjoy the book a lot more yeah i i listened to it at a, at a 1.4 speed so of course it's like it goes really i'm used to it so now it could you know fast, but you do you miss the influxes and exactly like, my standard speed for all books is 1.35 but oh, okay. if i come across one that's challenging i'd like give it a shot at different speeds to see where i can find it and i thought maybe she needed to be slower maybe her pauses were getting eaten up by the speed and so i put it down at like 1.25 and no it was just slow now (laughs) it was not better but it was slower i did not like her oswald i think she did a fantastic gabriel because i like that oh, character a lot i, specifically I love gabriel did not like her gabriel i do remember that now because oh, we really? met gabriel pretty early you? and i yeah, was like early, oh early. i hate what she's doing with this character <laughs> oh that's funny that's I one liked of the few it. things because I, I did not give it long you guys i was maybe 45 47 minutes oh in. wow that is really early <laughs> where i bailed yeah. on the audio i went uh-uh, yeah. i will listen i will read this shit before i <laughs> Yeah. 
Oh, that's pretty funny. So my recommendation, I do like the books, and I think it's a completely different style of book for a paranormal romance than what we've experienced before. Mm -hmm. And that makes me really happy. I like getting things that are new and different. I love diversity and and getting to read characters that aren't the same. Um, Even the guys weren't super vampires, right? They're they're barely supernatural. (laughs) Right. I mean, the closest we got was Ian. Yeah, he does seem like he's more of a very typical uh, male character from our normal books. Like, really large muscled built uh dark dark and swarthy yeah yes handsome whereas the other ones were just kind of regular joe seeming like you know they seemed i mean she thought they were all handsome but yeah aside from that i couldn't really tell you what any of them looked like (laughs) i think i think her description marta's description of the suit he was wearing um that oswald was wearing to that first party really fucked up my perception of him for the rest of the book because i could not put him in anything i was picturing literally like a 1970s prom suit like like (laughs) on a man like one of those ones with the big ruffly front yes yes and like the really poorly cut pants with like the line down the side and I could not put him in anything cool so I at no point was attracted to Oswald in this book I was like why would you want to date that dude he's awful and he can't no, dress I think that and that's so great that I think that's you hit that one on the head I think for me that's why I gave it a six is because I could not I didn't want to fall into her role I didn't want to be the main character here because I wasn't attracted to any of the men. I wanted so. Sam. I wanted Sam, and I would have oh, taken. I would have taken him up on his offer to be with her, even though I. Really? I mean, I personally knew he was in love with yes, uh, Winnie. Winnie. She did not know that, so I can see why she. I, I was like, yeah, well, you don't. Since you're blind to this obvious love triangle that's happening, okay. <laughs> but um, no, I like Sam a lot. I thought Sam oh. was. He's much okay. more my speed. I could not pin down Oswald. I do no, not understand him. Like, I don't either. Is he? What the fuck is he? He's a, <laughs> he's a doctor who owns a ranch. He's a vet. No, vet. he's a fucking. Oh, that's right. Plastic like surgeon. A, that's right. He's a plastic surgeon. <laughs> and he was fucking with her the whole time because he kept joking about going to veterinary school and everyone would laugh. She's like, well, I think he could do it. Uh, Turns out he's a goddamn that's plastic what surgeon. It was. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the animals kept getting hurt and have been taking to him. And, and he would fix, yeah, no, he was very he good with the animals, he was. but he was a plastic <laughs> surgeon. And then that like, is right. sometimes he seemed funny, but sometimes he didn't. I, I literally was like, I don't get this. I, I honest to God think he might just be a graham cracker. <laughs> you would have hated him more if you'd have listened to the book. Because I, I'm sure, I, I got I'm through sure. it just fine, but. I d- his the, his narrated voice did not do it for me, and I just couldn't I couldn't get into. Well, he's his not is so bland. He's not that. Like I literally think he might be just a graham cracker. <laughs> like he is not better in the book. Like I, he's one of the least defined characters. Also, he's yeah. not around. One. No, he's like, not. He's Edna not. literally steals this book. Go yes. read this book for Edna. She's the fucking best. Edna, the grandmother, is the best. Gabriel like, is great. Yeah, I do like Gabriel. Uh, all of them. Ernie, Ernesto. Oh, yeah. The, so the, like field, like the, the, mm-hmm. the non-vampire who works on the farm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just like all of them except I li- except Oswald. I literally don't get don't he was get like, him. He is a non-entity. He was portrayed as like Eeyore to me because he was just so down on himself the whole time and just well, I mean, he was unhappy. I get it, but like I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't on board for it. No, I was. I, every time she'd be like spe- speechless in his present, I'd be like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Because that dude's got nothing. He's cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) I could only, literally, only picture him in beige. I don't know what. Like she'd say, he was wearing like a navy blue sweater. I'm like, did you mean beige? I'm pretty sure that's all Oswald wear. he's an asshole some of the books we've no. not liked him because they're just alpha jerks he's right. not that he just isn't anything so i can't i can't attra- i can't put my feelings on him because i don't no i don't get it but sam i would have boned i don't fuck sam i could and i probably would have fucked ian for a lot longer than she did i mean he does seem way more interesting and he wants her he keeps pursuing her even after he sends her jewelry i'm just yeah. like i would take okay. it if somebody sent me jewelry <laughs> Like, I could be easily bought, it turns out. I fi- I'm finding a lot of things out about myself that I didn't know. Now, he did cross the line by trying to drink blood from the teenage mm. girl and wanting yes. her to participate. I would have also bowed out of that one. Yes. But short of that, I'd have been in it for the Ian side for a long time. Probably longer than is healthy. <laughs> Probably. I'd have been like, oop. I mean, for the sex, ex- the sex adventures alone. Just seem really fun. She was very adamant that he wasn't to make her feel good. Mm-hmm. That he was very into making sure she was taken care mm-hmm. of her. So I'd and like, seem... yes, please. Sir. And he just was throwing money Bonus point. I do. He was. Sometimes I'm just like, man, but someone can spend some fucking money on me like that. <laughs> Come on, guys. Where are you? Where are you at? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, cool. I'm going to just tell you guys what we're reading next so you can join us for that. Uh, we do hope you guys follow along with us if you can, if you have access to the books and enjoy them. I really think you should support these authors. They're amazing. So we're going to keep on with the um, Latina author theme for the next episode. And we're going back to Millie Tayden's Casters and Claws series, which we've done two of those books on the podcast already. Um, we're going to finish out the foursome and read both Spellstruck in Salem and Surrendered in Salem for the next episode. It's been a while since we've done a twosome for the podcast, but we really just kind of want to finish out and see where these these books go and how this series wraps up. So join us next time for that. Those books are narrated by Brian Polino and Summer Roberts. In the meantime, please feel free to reach out and talk to us about this book or any others that we've done on social media. You can find us at Dirty Books on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, not Pinterest, <laughs> did you say Pinterest? I did say Pinterest. We're not all there. Don't find us there. What Don't we, go there. What the fuck would we post on Pinterest? We wouldn't do shit on Pinterest. Just nasty but... photos of sexy <laughs> things. Anyway, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is where you can you find us at <laughs> Dirty Books or email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is shh 
with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. And when you guys are there, if you guys can rate, review, subscribe, that would be amazing. And thank you, Jim Townsend, for the music. With that, we'll say goodnight. Mm -hmm. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. We made it through this episode. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them. <laughs>